The scarcity mindset is killing your business. Today's episode is brought to you by Social Pilot. Automate all of your social media presence from a single, easy-to-use dashboard. To find out how much time you can save with a simple tool, head to servenomaster.com backslash socialpilot. Are you tired of dealing with your boss? Do you feel underpaid and underappreciated? If you want to make it online, fire your boss and start living your retirement dreams now. Then you've come to the right place. Welcome to Serve No Master Podcast, where you'll learn how to open new revenue streams and make money while you sleep. Presented live from a tropical island in the South Pacific by best-selling author, Jonathan Green. Now, here's your host. Every time you start a business deal, interact with someone, start a project, you go through this little negotiation phase where people try to figure out how much money to pay you, what percentages to give you, all these different things for every different type of project. And when you have this scarcity mindset, it can destroy your ability to make any money. Nobody wants to do business with someone who's not already making money. We have this pre-programmed into us. If you are in a gas station and the guy in front of you was wearing a nice suit, you saw him drive up in a nice Mercedes or BMW, and he's a dollar short on whatever he's paying for, and he turns around and says, hey, can I borrow a dollar? You're probably going to give it to him. You're definitely more likely to give it to him than if the guy in front of you is a dirty homeless guy who's paying one penny at a time for a bottle of alcohol in the middle of the day. We are more likely and we're programmed to give money and give favor to people that don't really need it and people that really do. We respond to lack by wanting to pull ourselves away. There's a part of us programmed into us, even if we don't want to admit it, that worries that desperation, lack, and scarcity are contagious. So if you go into a project and you project the scarcity mindset, it will keep people from hiring you. People will underpay you, and it will affect all of your projects. For example, you decide to get into a local consulting type game. Maybe you're helping people with small businesses in your area with search engine optimization, or you're running Facebook advertising for them, or you're helping them run their social media campaigns, any of these types of things where you're helping small physical businesses deal with the internet in ways to grow. You go into your first meeting, and you want to get hired. If you say, hey, this is my first meeting, I've never had a client before, but I really, really, really need this job because I really, really need to pay my rent tomorrow. They're going to pay you so low. If you even get the job, the first thing is that they might not even hire you when you sound so desperate, like, man, this guy's so desperate, he must be terrible, I have no idea what he's doing. But if they still decide to hire you, even though you've already demonstrated your scarcity mindset, your desperation, they're going to pay you much, much lower than you want. When people see weakness, they see the opportunity to pay you less. But if you go in and say, look, I only have a few minutes. I've got six more client meetings today. I can't believe how busy I am. I'm so exhausted. They're going to pay you a lot more. They're going to go, oh, this guy's the best because everyone else wants him. And you have that mindset when you project success, wealth, opportunity, and that you're busy, you have all these things going on, people respond completely differently. So in the small things, in these small negotiations, you always want to act like you have other things going on. The reason I got my job at the university the last job I ever had working for someone else that I was horribly underqualified for. I went into this meeting for a job that they hadn't advertised anymore, doing something I'd never done before. I'd always just been a teacher, and now they had a position for an administrator in charge of like five or six other teachers running this program, kind of organizing the program, liaising. It was a lot of admin. It was only teaching one class a week. 
So instead of teaching full-time, now I only had to teach just one class, just enough to say, yeah, I'm still a teacher as well. And I went into that meeting with a different mindset. Instead of thinking, oh, I really need this job, I went in thinking they're so lucky I even showed up. And I acted like it. I had this mindset of, man, I have so many job opportunities I could teach anywhere in the world. They're lucky I'm even here. They offered me the job. They offered me a certain amount of money. I said, no, I need more. And they even gave me a higher number than they were originally going to offer to anyone for this job. So the mindset I had was the exact opposite of that scarcity mentality. Instead of thinking, hey, I really need this, I thought, hey, man, there's tons of jobs coming away. And I totally faked it. It was an artificial projection. But it's what I do when I go into every meeting. I always act like I have everything I need. If you act like you need money, if you act like you are desperate, it will affect the way other people treat If you come to someone and say, hey, I want to write a book for you, and they know that you need money to make rent, they'll pay you $500 to pay your rent. But if you act like you're a serious player, you put out books all the time, you're very successful, then they'll give you a percentage. So you can end up owning 5, 10, 20% of a project that over time is worth $100,000, $200,000. But if you act desperate, if you demonstrate that lack, you're only going to get $500. So it really makes a difference when you're doing any type of negotiation. The next problem with a scarcity mentality is that it will affect how you approach projects and how you approach your time. When you get really worried about money or you think there's not enough jobs out there and all those things, it will affect the way you think all the time. It's very distracting. So you'll be constantly worried. Instead of taking the actions you need to get the finances that you need, you'll be thinking about, oh my gosh, I don't have enough. I don't know what to do. I'm so stressed out. It becomes this little cycle that affects your thinking and really hurts you. When you're trapped in this mindset, it makes it very hard to focus on anything else because all you think about is what you need and what you don't have. And whether you believe in the law of attraction or the law of prosperity or any of these other very popular but a little bit far eastern mindsets, these ideas that you know you need to become connected with the universe in order to receive wealth, there is something repellent about someone who has a sense of desperation, someone who has this scarcity mindset. And it's not just about business. If you watch people in relationships, have you ever noticed that, especially if you're a guy, when you're single, no one's interested. But as soon as you have a girlfriend, other women become interested again. That's because you no longer have the scarcity mindset. You're no longer thinking, man, I can't get anyone. Now you have someone. For you, relationships with women, they're no longer scarce. And that's why women react to you more. In every area of life, people are drawn to success. People are drawn to people that are doing the right thing and don't need them. We want to be with someone who doesn't need us, but who appreciates us. As you're starting your business, as you're moving forward with your endeavors, I want you to start thinking about the mindset of success. I don't have a perfect day every day. Not every day for my business is perfect. I have ups and downs just like anyone else, right? Sometimes I'll work on a project and it falls through. It happens. Sometimes I'll start writing a book and it's just not good. This doesn't happen a lot, but it does happen. And I want you to realize that when you have those bad days or when a check doesn't come through or something goes wrong, it's very tempting to fall into the scarcity mindset. Even now, if I have a really bad day and I start entering negotiations start talking to someone, I always speak and act from a position of strength. Because when you show weakness, when you start making decisions from the scarcity mindset, it can become permanent. For example, if you take a really low-paying job because you really need the money, that person's never going to hire you at a higher price point you're now locked into that relationship at a lower price point. And if they start bringing you their friends or recommendations because you're so cheap, again, you're locked into a lower price point. So you can get locked into a price point that you're not very happy with for a long time. 
One of the mistakes that I made a very long time ago was I would take on clients when I just needed the money. Because I was controlled by my scarcity mindset, I said, oh, I need this money. I would take clients that I would regret later on. I'd say, hey, I really need to pay the rent. I got to pay off a credit card. Whenever you got money chasing you, whenever you have a financial situation like that, it will affect your decision-making process. You make these decisions that later on you realize in the long term really, really hurt you. And so I would take clients that I had a bad feeling about. I would take clients that I knew wasn't the type of project I wanted to be working on. I would take clients that I thought were acting a little bit weird. And I would ignore these red flags. Because, yeah, I know it's going to suck working with this guy, but I need the money. That's the conversation I'd have with myself. That's a scarcity mindset conversation. The only reason you would take a client when you need the money that you don't, but it's a client you don't want, is because you don't think there's more clients around the corner. You don't think there's more opportunities. And I discovered that you invest in these relationships and they cost you in the long run in time and money and lost opportunity. So when you tend to start working with a bad client or someone you think is not really a great client or they're paying too low, you spend all the time working on that project and that's time you could have spent finding, connecting with, and getting hired by a higher ticket client. It's not just that you need money right now. It's that you make this decision because you don't think you can find another client as quickly as you need. And you get caught up in this relationship that starts stealing time. And I've learned that really low paying clients tend to take the most of your time. When I was selling a search engine optimization, when I had, you know, 10 or 12 clients on the go, I had some clients that were paying me $500 a month and some that were paying two to $3,000 a month. And the $500 a month clients would take up more of my time than the high ticket clients. They would call me more often. They would be more stressed out. They'd be more hassled because they also had the scarcity mindset. Often it was their last $500 a month. They really couldn't afford me. And their behavior would demonstrate that. And I would be in this situation where I'm always trying to client manage. And it's a huge amount of time suck. So some of those clients would call me one hour every day for an entire month. So that's 20 hours a month I would spend on the phone with them. Whereas my client spending thousands of dollars only talked to me for five minutes a month. Some of them would only talk to me every three months. So when you think about how much time the mindset of desperation can take from you, it's huge. You end up taking on clients you shouldn't take. You end up starting relationships you shouldn't take. You start taking paychecks that are way too low. And it gets you stuck in the situation. Now, I know sometimes you just need to make money. And so you have to make these decisions on your own. I can't tell you to never take a job you don't want. Because I have friends that do that too. I have friends that get so pretentious about their income stream. They say, hey, I won't take any job worth less than this. And then they spend years without working. You don't want to go too far in that direction too. You want to find a balance. And the right balance for you is going to be different than it is for everyone else. But just be aware of the danger of being too desperate. But there's also the ability to be realistic and reasonable. You know what? Okay, this is what people are paying right now. I haven't worked in a really long time. I've turned down 17 jobs in a row. Maybe I need to realize, hey, the market rate isn't what I thought it was, or my skill isn't worth as high as I thought it was. You want to find that balance. You don't want to be so far from the scarcity mindset that you won't take any job for years, but you also don't want to be taking jobs that are paying too low because you're desperate. So find that balance for you and just pay attention to the correct path for financial success. You want to be always negotiating from a position of strength. You want to approach every opportunity for a position of strength. That's why I don't advocate quitting your job. I know some people, they say, hey, you got to quit your job right now. You got to burn the boats, put yourself out there. The problem is that creates the scarcity mindset because you have to make money fast in order to make that first paycheck to make your rent. 
to cover your mortgage, to pay your car payment. I don't want you to start out that desperate. Yes, for some people, that's a very successful way to approach. And that's what happened to me. I lost my job. I had no choice. I had to pay rent on the apartment. I had to pay on my brand new car. I was caught with these two big payments that were chasing me. That did work for me, but man, it was so tough and so painful to always be scared and always have that thing chasing you. Some people are motivated by having fear behind them instead of having goals and amazingness and wonderfulness in front of them. We move away from fear and towards success or towards love. I don't really think you need to start out in a place of desperation and fear because I see that it forces us into making decisions that we later on regret. Instead, we want to slowly build and go through our phase one and phase two goals before we leave our job behind. You know, my friend Bob, he talks about, oh, you should have two years of savings and you should be making double your office income before you quit your job. He's an advocate of having a huge amount of money lined up before you leave your job behind. I don't think you need to do that. I'm not as much of an advocate of being that prepared, but he's a really serious prepare for the future kind of guy. And so he kind of has that mindset and I totally understand it. He wants you to be in a position where even if everything you're working online dies and you leave your job behind, you're still okay for the next year or two. That's the most conservative approach to it, but that's why he's never in a position of desperation. He never would in a million years need to negotiate from desperation. When we have the scarcity mindset, we think that there's just not enough jobs. We don't have enough money. We don't have enough something. We are always thinking about what we lack, and it causes us to infect the rest of our lives with worry, and it makes it hard to get a job done. One of the many things I'm working on right now is I'm writing this book for a client. It's a little book. It's a rewrite of a book I did a year ago. They completely changed what they wanted. They go, oh, this book is nothing like what we decided we wanted. We want a completely different direction. So it's actually creating a whole new book on a topic I've done before. Book needs to be 35,000 words. I am so confident about my writing. Sometimes I write at the start of my day. Sometimes I write at the end of my day. And I just go, I'm going to do 5,000 words a day, which for me is a very soft goal. I could do a hard goal and write 20,000 words a day, which is really hard. That's when I'm pushing myself very hard. I have to be super focused, can't do anything else, but I don't want it to be the only thing I'm working on. So I'm taking the project slow and I just have to write for, you know, hour and a half, two hours a day to hit my number. And I know the book will be done in seven days of work. If I had the scarcity mindset, my approach would be a lot more stressed out. It would be very hard for me to focus on the book because I'm sitting there writing. Whenever I'm worried about something else, if I'm sitting there writing and I'm thinking about something else, it will affect what I'm doing. Have you ever been watching television or listening to music and you're writing like a paper for school or something and then you notice that you wrote a sentence about what you were thinking about or what you were watching instead of what you meant to write? Our secondary thoughts, especially when you're writing, can actually appear on the page and you don't want that. You don't want to slow yourself down and cause problems. So if I'm thinking about something else, if I'm really worried about something, I'll write slower. I'll keep getting distracted. And it will actually hurt my productivity. So the worry, the feeling of scarcity hurts my profitability. It will actually affect my income. It will affect how quickly I do projects and the kind of success I can achieve. The way we're feeling is very, very important. It affects how good we do our job. It affects how other people treat us. As you're working on your projects, as you're beginning to build stuff online, as you're thinking about how much money you need to make, focus on your path to success. Focus on projecting positions of strength. We talked about networking a lot yesterday, and this is where this really ties into that lesson. When you meet someone, they're really looking to see and assess you before they decide if they're going to work with you or build a connection with you. Sometimes people walk up to me and act like I'm a movie star, and they act very strange to me, but they act like a fan. If someone comes up to me and acts like a fan and they say, oh man, could you just help me? Could you just tell me one of your secrets? Can you just give me some information? Or I'm such a big fan. That mindset is very repellent. 
And it's because they're creating a relationship where I'm high and they're low. If someone's a fan of me and they act like I'm a movie star, they act like I'm a movie fan, well, then they're creating space between us where I'm high and they're low, and that affects our relationship. So I'll always think of them that way. Now, I talked about how you walk up to successful people is much more about, hey, you're amazing. Let me give you value. That's different from walking up and saying, you're so amazing. I'm so nervous around you. Walk up like I'm a movie star is different from walking up and thinking, hey, I want to do something cool because I like you. That kind of creates that even footing and breaks through that fan barrier. This is why when you meet celebrities and you act weird, or you act like a fan, they don't ever want to be your friend. Once you establish yourself as a fan, then you've established your position in the relationship. And if you walk up to people with a desperation in your eyes, if you walk up to people with a scarcity mindset, or you let them know, hey, look, I really need some help because my job's about to disappear, my business is failing, I'm not making enough money, any of that stuff, no one wants to help you. Just like we don't give a dollar to the, to the homeless guy in the gas station, people are much more likely to share ideas with you, give you advice, throw projects to you if they know you're already successful. So when you go to conferences and when you do networking, never reveal, even if you are struggling, if you're having problems in your business, never show that to everyone, okay? Never show your scarcity, never show your problems or your desperation. I used to go to a lot of networking events because I'm very fascinated by these things. And I used to go to some conferences. They have this forced networking thing. It's almost like they do speed dating, but for networking, they put people into two groups and you hop from each person. You can only talk to a person for three minutes. And I would go to these conferences and every single person I would talk to would have a small business or a little business idea that was failing. And they were desperate for someone to save their business. Every single person at this networking event is looking for someone else to save their business. So they're 40 people in a room, all with a scarcity mindset, all hoping someone else in the room will magically save them. And that is very repellent to people that are successful. That's why everyone else I know who's really successful never goes to those things. But I'm always doing research. I'm very curious to see how people are behaving and kind of learning more about human behavior. I study that a lot. I'm very interested in that. So I'll go knowing that I'm not going to get anything successful out of it. I don't go anymore. I did it for a while. And I discovered every single time people just project this desperation, even when they have a cool invention or a great idea. As soon as they project that feeling of desperation, no one wants to do business with them anymore. I don't want to save someone else's business. You don't have to be super successful for me to want to get involved. If you have a really amazing idea, then I'll be interested in working with you. But if you have an amazing idea and this feeling of desperation about you, that's going to push me back. When you see an obstacle in front of you, there's really two ways to approach it. You can say, oh, this is an obstacle, so I should give up, or I can't do this project anymore. I can't work on this anymore. I have to go back to my old job. Or you can see that as an opportunity to demonstrate success or to overcome something. I run into obstacles on projects all the time. Okay, that's reality. There's always new challenges. But I pay attention to how people approach obstacles around me. I don't work with people that are looking for an excuse for an action. I recently was talking to someone and they wanted to intern with me. They were kind of looking for opportunity. You know, they wanted to buy one of my courses. I knew they could never afford it as a kid in high school. And I said, hey, if you're willing to do a little favor for me, I'll give you access to my very expensive course, my best course. All I want you to do is watch every lesson and take really, really good notes and make screenshots and make amazing like PDFs, like handouts to go with each of my training videos. And I can use those great notes and those handouts, put them on my website so that other customers can get more value. So if you're willing to do a little something for me, then I'm willing to do that for you. And he emailed me back a list of five questions. Who's going to provide all the content for the PDFs? Who's going to do this? Who's going to do that? He was questioning me and kind of created these barriers that I couldn't believe it. I was like, I'll give you my best material if you'll just do something small for me in return. I'll give value first. 
And his mindset was, there's all these obstacles. He wanted me to do extra work. The whole reason I ask, I'm always trying to get other people to do PDFs for me is because I don't want to teach, I don't like doing the same lesson twice. And I find that if someone else creates the PDF, there's a lot more value because they approach it as a learner or as like a really good student and create those great notes. Kind of like in college, if you're in a class and you get notes from the best student, they're always better than notes from the professor. That's kind of what I was looking for. And he, all he saw was obstacles and the scarcity mindset. I'm sure part of it came from his parents. They were trying to see if it was some type of a scam. I don't know how giving someone your product for free could turn into a scam, whatever. They had that scarcity mindset. And I never replied to another email from him again. I go, you know what? I don't even talk to people like this. If I offer to give you value for nothing and your response is scarcity mindset, then it repels me that much. When you're approaching me or approaching anyone else, trying to grow your business, whether you're making a deal or networking, you want to always project success and confidence. Then people want to work with you. Because if you project the scarcity mindset, you'll repel business, you'll repel other people, and you'll repel money. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Serve No Master. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss another episode. We'll be back tomorrow with more tips and tactics on how to escape that rat race. Head over to servenomaster.com forward slash podcasts now for your chance to win a free copy of Jonathan's bestseller, Serve No Master. All you have to do is leave a five-star review of this podcast. See you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Serve No Master podcast. Make sure to subscribe so that together we can achieve true freedom.